guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. I keep waiting for you to say hi, Dr. Nick, but you don't. Uh, hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Thank you. It's a Simpsons reference. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is the Bitch Seat Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. And uh, today on the podcast, uh, we have a, a good friend of ours, also from the People's Improv Theater, uh, who we love to improvise with, and his name is Rich Templeton, but we will bring him in in a moment. Yes. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please, you know, tell your friends about us. Follow us on at the underscore bitch underscore seat. On Twitter. On Twitter. There's no other thing uh, to follow us on except for Facebook. And Instagram. And Instagram. There are lots of things. Lots of things to follow. Does the bitch seat have its own Instagram? Not yet. Okay, then. But you can follow a flock of sandwiches on or Instagram. Or you can follow Phil Casale, Phil underscore Casale, uh, on, the bitch, on, on the bitch seat gram. On this Instagram. You're just confusing everybody. Insta bitch. And hey, that's a good Instagram for the bitch seat. I'm not doing it. It sounds right. like the opposite of what we're it trying to do. It sounds like here. get more followers today, coffee lover, soldier of the heart. You know, yeah, like all yeah, those yeah, stupid yeah, yeah, word yeah, yeah. combos. We anyway. would be followed by a million spammers. Oh, yeah. And nobody else. Well, as long as they're doing their the, the devil's work, then maybe they can get us more followers. Um, anyway, this yeah, is episode this. this is podcast episode number fifty one. Um we are over the hill. Some hill, I don't know what hill. And uh, this is coming out right around Valentine's Day, which is everybody's favorite or least favorite fake commercial holiday. Um, every day should be like Valentine's Day, Phil. Every kiss begins with K. But it can only be Jared. No, it can only be Jared. <laughs> yeah, it can only be Jared. Um, please don't propose to your sweetheart on Valentine's Day because it's really hackneyed. And it'd be better to do it on February 15th than they'll really be surprised, okay? Oh, yeah. So... Um, Phil, yes. uh, today I'm going to be reading from the diary known as Sophie. Oh, yes. And this is uh, also uh, an entry regarding Explor Exploration Summer Program at Wellesley College. So it's from uh, August 24th, 1998. Oh, yeah. So this is the summer after my freshman year of high school. Things had already gotten a little bit darker. Oh, I feel yeah. like the sheen was off. This is a... Uh... I, I was just playing a waiting game at this point because I was just waiting for Star Wars to come out the next year. So I was kind of, I was just like blindly incubating and also discovering cyber sex at this time. <laughs> Great. Thanks for that. Yep. Were you in chat rooms? Oh, yeah. But most more or less just the role playing game. My world revolved around my character within the role playing game. Which role playing game? The Star Wars role playing freeform game. Oh, so your entire life was Star Wars. Well, yeah, it was the hype. The hype. Did you read? Did you read Star Wars fan fiction? Did you write Star I Wars? Wrote, fan I wrote fiction? Star, Star Wars fan fiction, and I read the books, which were more or less now classified as fan fiction, because the way they the the, the new Star Wars canon by Disney kind of negated everything. Well, kind of. Disney just does whatever they want. They do, and you know what? Ironically enough, Disney bought out the chat website that I used to role play on and turned it into a fucking Java applet. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what Disney does. Listen, 
Disney has provided a lot of amazing things in our lives, and we just got to be careful in it's case also, someday we have a Disney executive on this podcast. I don't know. Then they better. They, oh, and, and yeah. If we work for Disney, they better pay me well, or else I'll tell everybody the story about WBS.net and how they destroyed it. Thank you, Go Network, which is just a subsidy of Disney. Would you say Disney is the empire? I would say Disney. Oh, God. It's like the man <laughs> in High Castle. It's like Disney is the empire, but they won, but now they're feeding propaganda. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? Uh, so. In August 20th of 1998, 24th, 24th of nineteen ninety, it doesn't matter because in the 20s, uh, The Boy Is Mine was a number one hit. Brandy. Brandy and Monica. Mm-hmm. I remember that music video very well. Yes. Uh, also in the top five was uh, Still the One by Shania Twain, uh, Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden, Ugh. and uh, Too Close by Next. Um, in addition, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Naturally. Oh my gosh, this was just sap on sap. I mean, also, while I was keeping up a relationship online, I was pining for this girl, Jamie, with my best friend, Ed, who was, he was dating her, and I didn't say anything, because why say anything? Oh, she was a real person? She was a real person. Jamie was a real person. But also, the person I was with online was also a real person, but we had a computer between us. How long, I'm a monster. How long were you, you're not a monster, you're a human who just wanted some, some affection and connection, but you couldn't get it in real life. No. So... You're online. Anyway, continue. Anyway. Jamie. Jamie. Who cares? Uh, the top three <laughs> movies that year were uh, The Truman Show, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, and Armageddon. Listen. Oh, yes. This is all. Of course, because I don't want to miss a thing in Armageddon. But The Truman Show has influenced my life so much. And I know, like, Pete Holmes talks about it all the time, too. I actually purchased a shirt from Pete Holmes's website, which is a drawing of the boat crashing into the wall, you know? Yeah. Um, because I... I that's what I feel like the experience of enlightenment is of waking up, of realizing the bigger picture outside of it. Yeah. You know, uh, absolutely. That, but I, but also the Truman show is all about paranoia because there are some moments in your life where you're like, am I making a fool of myself? And literally nobody is telling me about it. You know, well, that's the beginnings of self-awareness. That's what the Truman show is all about. You know, like it's like the first, it's the awakening, but it's the understood, like when the light falls down and then he sees the people stand, like all that stuff. It's kind of a, uh, that's, I mean, the, that's the entire movie. It's about just awakenings. And, you know, some people go through their entire lives completely unself-aware. And uh, I it's know. sad. It's sad. But we're waking up. We are waking up. We are waking up. Relax <sighs> your forehead. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, this is the year I became more interested in film as a, as a thing. Why? Um, because I started to read websites uh, that had breaking film news, but also championed smaller art house fil- pictures. Uh, the that, pictures? The pictures. There's uh, smaller art house pictures. It's a simple time back in the day. Uh, and it was, uh, then I began to understand some films are worse than others. Some films are made by studios. And they have the candy colored gloss on them, such as Armageddon, but feature strong character actors that are in better movies like Steve Buscemi or Billy Bob Thornton yes. or any of those guys. Like they're in better movies that I was aware of, but I knew that I could see them, you know, at the mainstream cinema at Armageddon. So that's why I watched Armageddon and I enjoyed it for what it was, but I knew then that this is that kind of movie and there are these kinds of movies. Yeah. Well, you were a discerning tastemaker when you were quite young and a lot of people never get to that point. Yeah. And which is why I really enjoyed the Phantom Menace the first five times I seen it. Seen <laughs> I seen it. I seen it. <laughs> so get to Sophie. Please. Okay. So, um, all right. So this is right after camp, yes. Sophie 
Try as I might, I cannot fall asleep. All right, I admit that I didn't give it a great deal of time or effort, but it's just that I have been putting this entry off for so long, it is beginning to nudge my brain to make sure I am still alive. Less than a week, rem- less than a week remains of my precious summer. Normally, well, you know me, I usually despise summer because it seems so depressing. It is all about endings in the beginning of it and beginnings at the end of it. And that is too much change and not enough settling time for such a small number of weeks. However, I believe I actually enjoyed my months of sun this time around. It was quite pleasant. Departing from Explo did not result in its usually long and tedious morning period. Not that it wasn't sad. That is hardly the case. I do, of course, miss my uh, Kaz 1. Kaz, I think it was Kazanov was the name of the dorm that we stayed in. My Kaz 1 girls terribly. But it is not the kind of miss that is like a blow to the head. This for several reasons. First of all, I am aware that my Explo experience this year was not paradise. For the first week, actually, it seemed like misery, at least compared to my other Explo years. However, as the Wellesley days wore on, the reality and down-to-earth quality of the senior program began to grow on me. It was a kind of pleasure I could touch, a kind I could control and feel safe about, as opposed to past Explo summers, wherein the entire three weeks was like a wild joyride that was not sensible, but so much fun I couldn't stop, and wherein leaving was like cascading off the track and free-falling till I hit the ground hard. This summer was good to me. Listen, I'm in ninth grade. This is just appalling how... Keep going. This summer was good to me in other ways, and leaving was just as reassuring as coming, because I knew my Cas one girls would certainly keep in touch. After all, for them, it was the first Explo encounter, and it was their turn on the roller coaster. I know for sure that falling off the first time is a desperate drop, so my sympathy, not to mention my own ever-growing need for communication, gave way to fancily decorated envelopes with long, scrawly letters and priceless photographs inside, sealed with a kiss. As for what went on with Rob, well, he is quite a story. After my break, by the way, we called him Rob Ugly Hat because he wore this, just, he had... Was it a Jamiroquai hat? No, it wasn't. It was like, um, it was more like an Indiana Jones kind of hat. Um, it had a floppy brim, and he had a lot of chest hair that he let out of his, like, purple button-down shirt, and uh, just a lot. I just didn't like him very much, but he was extremely um, persistent. After my breaking it off with him, he went on to several other girls, which was fine. However, he seemed to be quite attached to me after all. I could tell because he always came crawling back to me, hitting on me, hinting to me that he was going to fight to win me over until the end. He, he put up a pretty good battle, but not compared to me. No way. I knew what was right. I could feel in my heart and hear in my mind and in my body that I did not want him the way he wanted me. The more he melted over me, the sturdier I became. What do you stop? What? Relax your hands. Thanks. He was completely at my mercy. I felt like such a woman, and I knew I was doing an extraordinary favor for myself and for every member of the female gender. I think that the stronger hold I had on my womanhood, the more righteous rob thought me to be and the more he the more he admired me and wanted to change my view i suppose i was a sort of challenge to him very hard to get i doubt he has often been turned down by girls he is such a sweet talker on the last night of explo i stayed out on the quad with him until we had to go to our halls talking to him whatever every time he made an attempt to turn the conversation sappy and romantic i would fire right back at him firmly but not coldly I think it was hard for him to understand that he was not the genius king of women, and I'm sure he would have trouble comprehending those famous and true Rolling Stones lyrics, you can't always get what you want. I felt very important indeed. Reluctantly, I must now make a second attempt at falling asleep. 
12.36 a.m. and my clock is set for 8, so I can begin to adjust myself to earlier hours for school. But let us not speak of school, shall we? Pleasant dreams. Love, LMM. Oh my god, this is you just swinging? You're, I got, somebody has a crush on me, dick, and I don't, I, I don't like him But it had never happened to me. This, this never is, happened to me. I know, it's amazing. You're a, you are a different person in this. You are, <laughs> you get to be a brat in this entry, and the whole time you're always just like, just this romanticized old lady with these crushes from afar, and here it is. Like, yep. Here's this guy. I don't like him. Whatever. He's trying to talk to me, but I'm like, no. I see right through it. It's I amazing. I see right through it. No, because he had this like Don Juan kind of quality about him where he knew he had these like really big brown eyes and long eyelashes. And I know and I know he always got what he want. What <laughs> And I like I like the attention at first, but then I was like, I'm not feeling this. He's a real tough cookie with it. a long history. Breaking yeah. all the hearts and whatever the fuck. Bra- yeah, like the one in me, but not the one in me because I said no. Exactly. Instead of hitting me with your best shot, you said, hey, hit me with maybe not. I'll hit you with maybe not. But also, so I was I was still obsessed with cashing, so what are you going to do? Of course. You know, Wait, he was cashing a, at the time? He was cashing for three years. Really cashing in all your chips on that guy, but really. Uh, I did, but what came of that? Nothing. Oh, boy. The cashing saga. I love it. His that. little sister really screwed over my little brother, though. We're not going to talk about that too much, but suffice to Until say. Until you have your brother on the show. The, <laughs> he, he found poetry that he wants to read. Uh, we should have him on the we show. We should. But bro- we don't have him on today. We no. have somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody who is an improviser and uh, just uh, a wild individual. <laughs> On wild individual pure performer. on stage, I'd, I'd say he's a pure performer. Yeah, and uh, it's great because he and I um, took all five levels of the pit together. We were on, uh, so we started our improv thing together while he was still a, a yeast scientist, uh, which I'll let him talk about a little bit. Uh, yeah, he was working in the lab. Amazing, I know. And he's like broken both of his knees and however many other limbs, and uh, he does this amazing uh, sketch. Uh, show with our other friend Brad Stewart called Scientists. Yes. Um, but uh, enough from us. Let's talk to Rich Templeton. But first, we see Rich in a library. He's got a huge stack of books in front of him, scribbling with his terrible penmanship. He's got. And then, he's, when he's, the bass drops, wait for it. He throws down his pencil. He flips his chair back. He storms through the library, stealing papers yeah. off the people and from in front of their desks. He goes and throws all the windows open. Birds start flying yes. in. And a librarian comes up to him to like tap him on the shoulder. And he turns around without missing a beat and puts his finger to her lips and says, Liv Moss. <laughs> Hi, Rich. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was delightful. Was that a, was that a, a real life... Um, a pretty accurate depiction of, of <laughs> yeah, school. no, that that pretty much uh, sums up my uh, my high school college careers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the live, well, less less high school, more college. Definitely in the library, being a, a good student. You were so. a studious a studious person. I know about this. Uh, where um, tell the tell the people where you grew up. Where I grew up. Uh, well, I grew up in uh, Manhattan until I was about 10. So in Tudor City near Grand Central. Oh, so jealous. So jealous. Oh, my God. My mother and I always wanted to live in Tudor City. Yeah. It's a magical fairyland that exists like ab- above street level in Manhattan. I know. It's like one of the only places I know of in Midtown that has like a stop sign. 
There's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like a cul-de-sac. There might be another one like Sutton Place or I, I don't know what. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so I was there till uh, ten, um, and then we all moved out to uh, Bronxville in uh, Westchester. So and yeah, how did you um, how did you find that? Were you always a quiet kid or? Were you clowny around your friends? Yeah, I was clowny around my friends. I mean, I was definitely quiet and shy in certain circumstances. But, you know, I would say I wasn't, though, in classroom setting until like pre-K or kindergarten because I would steal things. Wait, wait. what kind of things? I would steal toys. I'd literally put them in the cuff of my pant leg. And I would run, like, during, like, gym class, I would run around with my hand on my pant leg. (laughs) And then one day, the teacher, like, got in my face and was like, take them out, Rich. (laughs) And and then my mom got, well, then my mom asked me about, like, all these toys. And I was like, I got them at Johnny Jupiter, which was, like, this Upper West Side, like. Toy store. Toy store or something like that. What kind of Um, toys were they? Oh, they were like action figures nice. and like GI Joe stuff thing. I don't know. But was but it yeah. more? Was it more just like the rush of taking something, and or was did you actually want those items? I I don't think I had any goals whatsoever. <laughs> I think it was just like they were there. It was like Everest. It was like just an opportunity. I, I'm honestly not sure it was going through my head. That's so interesting. But uh, yeah, no. So I was a little bit of a hellraiser. But then I guess like that experience of like seeing either the entire kindergarten or something like that, like just the sense of shame. Like I then uh, just kind of like closed in on yourself, closed in on myself. So yeah. Yeah. And that's when you became a good student. Um, Of sorts. I mean, so I actually, when I was in, when I was in the city, I went to a school called Churchill, which is for uh, students with learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I was there for three years um, and it was really, it was really great. There were probably eight to 10 kids in a class. Oh, that's nice. Um, And, and, uh, you know, every day everyone got their own individualized instruction. So mine was in like um, syntactical processing. And then I had like a, a I had a social, I, I, yeah, I had like a socialization thing for a bit. So. How, so wait, how old were you when you did that? Between, I guess, first and third grade. So were you aware of that you were in a, a special school like that? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I wasn't exactly sure what my issue was because I was. I was like kind of doing the uh, the Manhattan thing, the Manhattan (laughs) private school thing of like visiting other schools, and I was. I was going to go to I think like St. David or Mm -hmm. Columbia Grammar or something like that, but. Um, but then I think my parents fortunately were able to get like state aid for Churchill, so I was I was lucky. Awesome. Yeah. And you were um, not an only child. You have uh, an older brother. A, yeah. Yes, I knew. I knew it was at least at least one older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you do you think that the hellraiserness came from that freedom of being the baby of the family? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is your older brother a very good kid? Oh yeah, no, he was voted most moral in high school. Uh, <laughs> Wait, that's a that's a category. Yeah, or or he got like I mentioned this in his uh, in my toast to him in his wedding, but um, uh, yeah, no, he um, he was very good student and uh, did a lot of leadership things. He was part of this thing called Hobie. I don't I don't no, know I don't what know. that stands for, but if you look up Hobie. Um, I remember that. And so he got, um, 
uh, geez, I sound so like jealous, uh, but no, no, no. Uh, he, um, no, he was a very good student. He was loved by teachers. And, um, and then you came along and you're like, well, I can either try to meet that or I could. Yeah. Yeah. I do mean, my I, own thing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I was, um, I was, I love sports. I mean, I was, a, I was, a, I was a dork though. I was like a sports dork. A sports dork. I was a sports dork. Yeah. Like I How just, did that- I, yeah. How did so then when you were on, when you were playing sports did people treat you like uh like with respect like an equal like a sports equal or did they treat you like a dork? No, I think honestly I think I think being uh I mean not that I was especially good or anything like that but like uh being a part of whatever number of teams or just being athletic kind of uh potentially how to say uh mitigated the <laughs> level of just of much of a dork I was. So yeah. Yeah. Because, but the thing is, I just, I really love sports. Like I would be running like by myself on Thanksgiving and then people would drive behind me playing Rocky music. That's because amazing. Because I was just like, I was just that intense. Um, and I loved it. You know, so I just loved it. What happened to your knees, Rich? Yeah. Well, I'd say this. I was, I was, uh, I was really intense. I, um, uh, I started injuring myself, not, not like cutting. <laughs> on, sorry. On no. Purpose? Uh, no. yeah, no, uh, in like, I guess it was middle school. I, um, I threw up my arm playing uh, little league baseball and I had like this contraption. I like tore, I was, I could have technically had like Tommy John surgery, but I tore the, uh, I guess. Oh, ulnar, wow. Yeah. I could uh, like these, like, I don't know, ulnar collateral ligament and blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, no. Uh, so I started injuring myself like at that age. And um, and then I had a shoulder thing like in high school and like other stuff came up. And then I had a back thing when I did crew in college. And then I was pretty like sedate um, uh, or I wasn't super active for another, I don't know, maybe four or five years. Mm-hmm. And then when I was working as a, uh, uh, research assistant, um, uh, at Rockville university, they have squash courts and I started playing this is squash. The yeast lab. This is the yeast lab. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I started playing squash every day with uh, my lab mate, Joe, and it just brought me back to like being active. Yeah. And I, I just loved it and I loved it too much. Uh-huh. And, um, and then, yeah, I mean, then that's like a, a whole story unto itself, like where I had all this knee stuff, physical therapy, I got worse. And then I was, I was at the hotel Marriott on 90th street because I couldn't like walk up my stairs oh, on 83rd. God. I never knew that that happened, but I, yeah. I, I guess I'll say, um, for you listeners, Rich doesn't do things halfway ever. <laughs> no. He does things to the extreme. And so even when you're going through that knee stuff, um, when we'd be playing together or practicing together uh, with one of our teams, you would be throwing your body down <laughs> on chairs and yeah. on the floor and just everything for the sake of the bigger picture of the scene, which is beautiful commitment. Yes. So um, I want to get to the artifacts that you brought because I want to sure. see... Uh, Basically, okay. So yeah. when I met Rich, uh, I feel like you were not you're not a performer before that. No, right? I wasn't. it was like your first time doing improv. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I I got and I don't want to sound like your teacher or whatever, but no, I, but no. I got to see Rich really evolve into a performer who was <laughs> extremely competent and confident, and you just like opened up like a fucking flower. So I want to go into these things, these artifacts that you have, okay. and look for the seeds of cool. that. Yes. All right. Um, So uh, I have two right here. Mm -hmm. One. uh, So basically, what are these? One is a uh, 
a letter I never sent. Beautiful. Uh, What's on the front of that there? uh, It says break for moose. If you could save your life. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I guess I was in New Hampshire and I just picked up a postcard. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Everyone in New Hampshire and Maine is obsessed with moose. It's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the letter was to whom? Uh, it was to um, uh, a girl I liked and went to prom with. <gasps> so that was a successful. So this is the letter was written before prom or after this prom? This was after. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's like a potential story there well yeah you have to read it yeah 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 okay. and then this one whoa um, that's a, that's I know a one. first of all uh, first of all his penmanship is like font 4.5 I think of it when I see it it's like it feels like Charles Manson-y it's like, <laughs> it feels like a manifesto it's a little obsessive yeah um, it's like you know oh you gotta get everything on page Oh dear God! And then this thing right here is um, how do I describe? Yeah, it was. I guess it kind of just evolved into basically. I don't know how else to describe it other than feminist orthopedic fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And that was that second greeting card also addressed to the same woman, Um, or who was that for? Potentially, I think. Oh, you I, just used it as paper. I think I just used it as paper. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Wait. So when did you get this card? Uh, this must have been, God, this was like, uh, I was, I was like senior year of high school, of high school. Yeah. Received it from whom? Oh no, I didn't receive it. Oh, you bought it. He bought this card and then rather than send it to someone, he used it as paper to write his feminist orthopedic fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I think this might've just honestly been a card like laying around. It says we're at the perfect age, old enough to know better. I don't know. So Um, would you, which, which would you care to, um, read to us? Which do you feel? Well, I'm. Both, the, I know. Can you read them both? Can you do it? Yeah, sure. I um, I actually, when I was on the train, I started transcribing this because this is like pretty. I'll just open this. Yeah, up it's right also here. very, yeah. very tiny. Lots of scratch outs. Yes. It definitely looks like a rough draft. Yeah, absolutely. Let me see. Just da, 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 da. okay. Oh dear God. Oh my God. It's gonna be awesome. No, you got you got to do it. <sighs> okay, this feels like a beginning of a Meisner exercise. Yes. Um, okay. Deep breath. Sweet mother of mercy. Okay. Oh my god. I just do it. Okay. <laughs> Exhausted. Oh god. <laughs> Jesus. No, you, you got it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You're right. Okay. You know what? You did it. You've been this, this is your thing. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. Um, exhausted, Richard stopped and proceeded to wipe the annoying bead of sweat, which pr- sweat, which precariously balanced atop his right brow. Jesus, he sighed in relief. Thank God that's over. Obviously, he was in relief that he just finished a marathon, thus enabling rest and relaxation. And the woman he, I think, loved is crossed out, was fond of. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. was standing beside him with a cup of hot chocolate and a partially wrinkled Mets poncho. Susan finished a healthy half hour ahead of the 26-year-old orthopedic resident. That was, I guess, me. That was my <laughs> ideal. For um, sure. You were going to be a doctor. I was going to be a doctor, right? He didn't care about this for two reasons. Number one, he conceded a long time ago, rightfully so, that she was of greater athletic prowess. And two, he didn't get, give a damn because of it. Well, maybe his ego took a minor bruising. Susan hiked, a ca- uh, hiked uh, hailed a cab in hopes that Richard would stop shivering and dry heaving. Rookie, she must have, and I carroted this, sardonically thought... <laughs> 
<laughs> the scene was reminiscent of a Hemingway work. <laughs> As is the writing, yes. Seemingly platonic, though entirely earnest and loving, Christ, even androgynous, Susan was shouldering most of the burden, both figuratively and literally. A note on Susan. She is of that unassuming, humble beauty, not vivacious, curvaceous, or any other ornate polysyllabic. She's merely a sweetheart, caring, and humorous, despite a quiet, focused intensity in presentation and in self, which fostered her success in this male-dominated society. It sounds like Darcy, just FYI. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. I know. Um, so they tipped the driver 30%. They were in a good mood and walked out the cab. David uh, coddling Goliath, draping, uh, <sighs> dropping in, uh, I don't even know, uh, dra- draped in God's sweat and tears in an attempt to reclaim his machismo the disheveled redhead tried to pick up the indefatigable sapphire god damn it and open the apartment door a la the suave cool Humphrey Bogart I'm a man he'll wistfully thought almost commanding himself to undertake the complex coordinated sequence of caring and amazingly walking without a hitch much to his chagrin and not to mention his friends his back, uh, fatigued from a day of incessant pounding, gave out, uh, thus leaving the two on the ground. This is like the romantic comedy yes. moment. Uh, though uh, contused and concussed, laughing hysterically. Precise timing for a kiss, you may ask. <clears throat> That's the movies, right? A slapstick moment immediately complemented with impending romance. Isn't that Hollywoodian protocol? <laughs> <laughs> No, the frivolity, the fatigue, and the self-effacement, the two unconsciously, but admirably developed, uh, usurped any chance of a small peck on his or her swollen cheek. After a brief pause and following Richard's reclamation of pride, finally he could stand without the ubiquitous assistance of the, oh God, petite 110-pounder. <laughs> um, Susan opened the door, uh, bid his friend adieu, and left without bequeathing a simple kiss goodbye, but just left him with that unassuming, uh, though intensely attractive look that momentarily paralyzed and forever intoxicated the scraggly 20-something on, and this might be portentous, if that's even the right word here, on 20, uh, uh, the scraggly redhead um, from uh, 25th in Lexington. So I wrote this when I was 18. Whoa, that's basically the pit. That's wow. basically where the yeah. pit is. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Suze was his. If only she knew, he would have uh, done it right there. The, si- the shy son of a bitch couldn't say it. She was so right. Suze was so right. Oh, how blue. And there's some more, but that's a Rich, Rich, this is... You're brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> but also... I mean, you have a guy that's injured and looking for affection. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's something there about you yourself. Did you, did no, you he see? No, said it was slightly autobiographical. No, it's very yeah, autobiographical, yeah, yeah. but I feel like, were you, no, I'm, I want to ask him. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. About, like, there was this girl, was she with you uh, during the time when you were going through something with your knees or... That was all through high school, right? That, well, no, I mean, I'd knees say... Knees was later. Knees was later. Yes. I, my, my elbow and shoulder that was like early high school and then um my senior year uh, i started having some uh back issues uh, partially potentially partially because when i saw her at the gym i would uh, i started erging because i really want to do crew in college and then i started having back issues wait so, i don't know what erging is or, uh, it's like the um the standalone rowing machine oh yeah. yeah you can fuck yourself up if you do that wrong yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so 
Um, uh, so, yeah. so the woman, so the love interest caused the back issues in question, yes. but in the fan fiction, she is saving you from exactly. very much in a Hemingway fashion because oh, they like, so arms, the injured guy with yes. the nurse and the Florence Nightingale syndrome. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like your, I mean, your vocabulary is highly impressive. Oh yeah, and it's super well written. Super well written. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a moment by moment breakdown and very nice. Like it's very, it's good work. I want to know what's in the smaller one. Yes, oh, now because yeah. this is a. I want to know who this lady is. This yeah, woman. yeah, yeah. Um, should I read this and kind of give a backstory, or what? What do you guys feel? Yeah, whichever you feel, if you yeah. want to set it up first. Whatever you think would contextualize yeah. it. Contextualize it. Okay, so um, I had uh, a crush on uh, this, I guess, woman at that point uh, for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And um, long story short, uh, I remember, oh my God, this is this is like out of like Can't Hardly Wait or something. Which I loved. Which is a great movie, right? Um, but uh, this was before like I guess the last um, day before, you know, you can ask someone out to prom. Right. And I had gotten to the point of like, I'm not going to do it. And I was trying to self psych myself up. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, I guess this, I'm never going to be brave. You know, I'm oh. just, that's just not going to happen. So I'm sitting in homeroom. And I hear people talking behind me um, and then I hear her voice and she's like, you know, what? I actually don't have a, uh, a date for prom. And mind you, I'm here like I'm never going to. And then out of nowhere, I'm like, you want to go with me? <laughs> <laughs> and just she's right there. Just right there. Out of you. Yeah. I mean, it might. It was either a mix of that or like a little more like Woody Allen. Like, yeah. you want to go with me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, she was, it was like deer in headlights and she was like startled and she was like, yeah, sure. That's cool. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. See, I feel like this is two podcasts in a row where guys had this moment of just all I had to do is just ask. All I had to do is just ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and basically uh, long story short, um, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, got to prom. Uh, She had actually turned someone else down who had like kind of been stalking her. So I was kind of like, or not kind of stalking her, but like um, she turned him down. So he was kind of there. And oh, so I you had like, this guy who was looking at you with angry eyes. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Who uh, long story short, uh, found out potentially years later, uh, I was reading one of his comics and he had this whole thing regarding Lance Templeton and he taking uh, Lance Templeton's fiance. Uh, he was like, it was like this vampire fan fiction thing and he killed Lance Templeton and got his fiance. <laughs> anyway, I know. I know. Wow. So there's I a know. whole other world of things whole going on world. under the surface. Yes. Of, of, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, basically, yeah, I mean, prom there and of course I was just like kind of this uh, artificially or not, I guess, art, like, you know, when, like, when you're artificially casual. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. just cool, right? And just cool. so that, that was pretty much what um, what I was. And, uh, you know, she uh, she had to, I guess, go to, like, um, a track meet the next day. Mm-hmm. So, like, we parted ways. That night, I remember drinking a lot of Jägermeister and just being like, <laughs> I'm a fucking piece of shit. And, um, it's Why? Because okay you couldn't take her home? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, or, or even like really did anything or anything right. like that. So, um, then, uh, then the next day, uh, I got a phone call, not on a cell phone, but at the house, my dad a was landline, like, weird. Yeah, yeah. My dad's like, you know, um, you know, uh, XYZ is here or XYZ is on the phone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I pick up and she's like, yeah, no, sorry about last night, blah, 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 blah. 
And, um, I, uh, I was like, yeah, no, um, totally. And, uh, and had like a little conversation and then hung up and I was like, oh man, I forgot to like ask her out the pizza. So I called her back and it went to voicemail and I just started rambling and oh. I was like, just like, oh, you know, we could get uh, pizza or something. Um, hope you have a great time. And I was about to call again and, uh, <laughs> like, I think that's out of swingers or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, that- Voicemail right. was weird. It was tricky because you never really knew if they got it. So well, yeah. They had to call a bunch of times. Yeah. But Just also the, the parents might listen to that answering machine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. So um, I actually, uh, earlier this year, um, part of the show called Love Ain't Never Gonna did kind of this three-part thing, like little play mm-hmm. with uh, Amanda Zeller. Um, who's a really awesome performer. And um uh, did yeah, kind of like the three parts of like the lead up, the dance, and then like these kind of competing phone calls. Yes, and then of course ending in unrequited love. Right. So, um, but yeah, so basically, uh, I um, at that point I started like just writing uh, like my feelings down, and like I would literally, and this is oh my god, I would literally carry around like this letter yes. not not necessarily this specific one right. but a version of it like waiting to potentially see her like I had it with me at like high oh, school graduation I had it like oh. for the after party and I remember I was like just do it now just do it now and then I was honestly thinking this is too much like can hardly wait you can't do this <laughs> this is you are not whatever his name is in the movie but um, you like you can't do this and I remember like after the up Ethan all night Embry? party Ethan Embry oh is he up to anything these I days? I haven't heard of he's, like, he's on TV a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's working. He's working. Does he's he still wear like a hookah necklace? Or is that no, no. He's he's a Whatever. I don't even know. Um, but uh, yeah, no. And I remember, God, I remember uh, like just walking out of there and just like, uh, yeah, no, I had like the piece of the paper letter. and I was on a bench like at six in the morning and I just was like, uh, you know, and broke down. And oh, so, no. um, and then I was like, oh, you know, I'll finally just send a letter, like, just let it be. I'm going off to college. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. And then this is what I wrote and never sent. Um, okay. so yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so again, this is like Charles Manson yeah. font, right? right? Okay. Super, super, super On tiny. A break for moose. It could save your life. So let's see if I can even read this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, let me just preface that I apologize for the sheer randomness of this letter. If I received a postcard with a break for moose sign on it, personally, I'd be asking what the hell is this? But pretty much I was just packing for college and figured I'd write you only to say on a very, very belated note, thanks for being a great cordial prom date and sorry for being so damn quiet and good luck in the fall and future. Yeah, I know it's very random, corny and probably a little too reminiscent of the wonder years. But I guess I just uh, that uh, I just had to get all this across circa 1990 TV references included. Just kidding. Granted, I wish I could have elaborated a little bit more, but unfortunately, I like the time and for that matter, the space. But if it's any further, though, again, very cheesy consolation, at least you can take a little solace in the fact that some redhead, a Ron Howard lookalike at that from suburbia, held a high opinion of you as an athlete and a person. How schmaltzy is that? Anyway, um, very sorry for the randomness, the drivel, the dry humor, the corniness, etc. But thanks for your time. (laughs) 
um, whether it's a oh God, whether it's a doctor, lawyer, track aficionado, or diamond entrepreneur, um, you'll be more than fine. Oh dear God, how trite, corny is this? Uh, don't worry, I'll wrap this up and finish packing. Mind you, right after that, there's a t- there's a um, a fact that says moose are car crushers. A full grown moose may stand seven feet high and weigh as much as eighteen hundred pounds. So we go under that. Uh, well, anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm off to college. And again, sorry if I caught you completely by surprise, uh, which I probably did. And lastly, hope you had a great summer and have a better time uh, in wherever you're going and whatever beyond that. Though self-admittedly corny, sincerely, and in other letters I wrote platonically yours, uh, Rich uh, Templeton. Uh, uh, yeah, and about that uh, font, uh, about that uh, uh, front of the postcard. Um, yeah, I really can't attribute that to any specific motivation, but <laughs> at least you now know the uh, measurements of a moose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really should finish packing. Only the best of you. Oh my uh, God, Rich! This entire note is all disclaimers. Seriously, know, the whole thing is there is no content in it. There is all disclaimers I know, I know. because, like, all the corniness and the sincerity and all of that is stuff that you never actually said. Like, God forbid you say it, and I know exactly what We're that so feels like. We're so trapped in gestures of romantic yes, comedies yes. that you can't actually get the honest feeling out. Yeah, the same way. Yeah, yeah the because, same way. Totally, because totally. you could because it's so vulnerable to yeah. just come out and be like, "Hey." I've had feelings for you this whole time. Yeah. Um, thanks totally. for being awesome. But you couldn't, you couldn't just yeah, say that. It just was, yeah. It's uh, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm so sorry to take your time. Completely. I know I'm not worthy, uh, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah. I, but I, I mean, I wrote and carried around so many letters like that, but I just gave them. Like, I just gave them right and left. I was just yeah, like confetti tossing great. these letters at crushes from when I was in fourth grade. Yeah. I, uh, they, I mean, they were never received well, but like, <laughs> I, so maybe you made the right choice, but I feel like to not give it is just such a blue balls experience. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so what I think what I ended up doing, I sent like literally like a two line postcard, yeah. uh, which was just like, uh, yeah, like best to you essentially. So, so you were just like, tragically shy. Yeah. 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 Would you can still consider yourself to be? Um, that's a good question. It depends. Uh, yeah. In, I don't know about tragic. Uh, yeah, tra- I, I take back the word tragic because there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a shy person. I no, just wonder no, no. Um, if that's more difficult for you in the performance and comedy environment because for sure we hang out with a lot of people with, you know, insecurities mm. because that's what comics are, yeah. but they're, I wouldn't really call any of them shy, you know? And so right. they're right. all the people who want to be the loudest talking ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe to some extent, um, well, I'd say this, at least in like, uh, I, I don't know if this is necessarily going to answer the the question. Um, uh, I was about to go on like a long thing in regards to like, go on uh, the thing or stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, uh, at least for me, something I find, um, uh, not just me. I mean, I'm sure you guys do find a bit paradoxical, right? And mm-hmm. maybe even in the context of this podcast, mm-hmm. like in terms of um, almost the uh, that tension between being vulnerable as opposed to wanting to be vulnerable, 
If you know yes, what I mean? Yes, I do. You know, and like, you know, kind of, I remember in uh, like an acting class and like this minors training where basically you like kind of like do these exercises where you pour your heart into something, mm-hmm. right? And um, I remember for myself, I always had like this tension between do I care more about doing the exercise correctly or do I care more about doing this thing that I'm allegedly doing? Right. If you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think um, it's it, for me, I guess I, I'm I have that like, I don't know if it's judgment, but just that analytical side that, mm-hmm. um, you know, is 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 uh is monitoring those types of things um that said i mean certainly in performing you that goes that yeah back exactly um but you know i i also remember you know in be performing in general but um being like and to some extent still having that feeling of you know um Actually, in the uh, in the whatever it's called, in the 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 thing I did at the Annoyance, which is kind of based on my experience in high school, mm-hmm. I go on this uh, like internal monologue of um, you know like basically me being like, okay, best case scenario, what I end up a uh, uh, what uh, I find something like an artistic outlet, like stand up or acting or God forbid improv, where that's <laughs> the only place I can like um, like unleash, unleash my true self. Mm-hmm. A beautiful prison, quietly drowning, a fucking coward. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it got a big laugh. Oh line. God! Um, so uh, yeah, but um, you know, uh, I don't think that you're a coward, though. And not anymore. I yeah, think that this, I, the the thing that you do, the piece that you do now. Called the piece. Called the piece is this probably one show. of the, like yeah. the most brave, purest performances I've seen at the pit because you're you just uh, uh, just recklessly uh, like abandoning all forms and just going for it. And it's like it's a uh, you don't use verb like verbality too much in there. There's a little bit here and there. Not There's sure that's a word, but I like it. Verbality. Yeah, it's a it's a way to kill someone in Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay, and you don't like. The words are, you're too hung up on the words in there or the language. And it's more in the expression and the gestures and creating a feeling and a sense that it's almost like what it is that you're getting out of yourself. You're exercising through alternate means that is all the breaks are off. No disclaimers. Yeah. And it's, you should have, have to be aware of your evolution to this point of like being able to do that. Maybe not with words fully, but, but very well with words in ways but also, like, you can, like, when I first saw you perform at the pit, you were, uh, I saw you on her team, but then I started to see you get involved in, like, the, with the, the, the clicky guys. Like, you guys, you did this show, not clicky guys, like, house team folks. Yeah, yeah. House, you did, like, this show, I forget what it was, it was, like, something with, I think, Gary, I was going to see him, and you were in it, and you got, you were going for it, where a lot of those guys were very protected, because mm-hmm. they found their beautiful prisons, mm-hmm. to where they can do, like, joke, joke, bit, bit, here and there, but you were, like, wildly going for it without really thinking. Yeah. And, and it was, I mean, yeah. because he couldn't do, even you couldn't do sports anymore. Like you had to have that release somewhere, yes. you yeah. know? And I think, um, an interesting thing for people who work on Meisner specifically is finding the, finding a way to bring that like true release and true, like 
free falling vulnerability, like at least a little bit into your quote unquote normal life. Yeah, no. And I think, um, uh, it, um, there is, uh, I mean, not even to get into the whole thing, like Meisner versus like method stuff or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But, um, the, that, um, I don't know that sense of, um, I just remember really going through that, um, that experience of being like, why not, why can't you like bring this or why shouldn't you bring this in the real life? You know what I mean? Because it, it feels dangerous. It feels dangerous. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, but you know, uh, and I say all this and I honestly do not think that, uh, you know, um, let me preface this by saying that I have been in therapy and like, you know, and that's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. and that's great. Um, it is interesting in terms of like the Meisner stuff or movement, like mm-hmm. Williamson technique, just like that stuff is, uh, just speaking for myself personally, like is, is really, um, really cool in no way is like a, um, uh, uh, substitution for, um, for therapy or anything like that. No, I mean, it's therapeutic in its own way for sure. And I definitely have done my share of, of traditional therapy as well. But I think what Meisner and Williamson and improv do for you is force you to act or move before thinking. And for someone like me, and it sounds like definitely someone like you, Mm -hmm. um, that is at first basically like standing over the edge of the grand Canyon and wondering if you should jump and then finally you jump and then you're just rolling, you know, you're just flying. Yes. At the same time, Uh, it's, uh, I I rarely see somebody attack things as, uh, as much as you do. Like you're, you're in a good way, in a good good way, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, of course. Of course. But like I, a lot of people, they use that tool, but I, with you, it seems that you have got like, you really go, go in. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind Absolutely. of like somebody who comes to a religion later in life. They're usually more gung-ho about it than the people who were born into it. Yeah. And something that was always so refreshing to watch about you on stage is that you didn't come from this place where, ev- like, everybody else that I know kind of took for granted. They were all performers. They were all theater people. They they did all that stuff. They went to theater camp. You know, they were they tried off rockapella groups, blah, 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 all that stuff. <laughs> and, and you came from a completely pure background where you didn't have that imprint of like what performing should look like or should feel like. Mm-hmm. So like watching you discover it was like watching a baby learn to walk. It's so fresh. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, Rich, I have a present for you. Oh yeah. But thank of you. course um, I purchased this uh, in ninth grade when my family went on a trip to Barbados. Uh-huh. And when I found this amongst my things for my bedroom, I was like, this is <laughs> so it's a rasta colored woven bracelet that says Ooh. no problem no, oh, on that's it. Great. oh that's great and Thank uh, you so much. that's for you very too. cool runnings yeah very yes. cool runnings uh i don't know you just so you had to cool have runnings. it what? they're just making up like, no problem they've never done this before no problem no problem no <laughs> the trailer i don't know well rich has a lot of catchphrases and certain things right now it's live moss there's a very there's a lot of yeah. chipotle yeah. Well, there's a lot of chipotle it's been it's been arby's before it's been it's been 
Yeah. But yeah, um, Rich, do you have, knowing that this is the 51st episode and comes out on yeah. February 12th, is there anything in particular that's way far in the future? It's this, super far, yeah, um, yeah. But if you have anything that you'd like to send people off on, where places where they can find you or follow you or anything, yeah. life advice. Life advice. <laughs> um, well, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest uh, social media user other than potentially Facebook, but you no, can good for find you. me on uh, Twitter at Rich Hunt Temp. My second middle name, this is how waspy I am, is Cunningham. So oh, yeah. it Richard was going to be gonna Hunter Cunningham. Templeton, Templeton yeah. yeah. Um, but it was going to be Rich Hunt, Cun, but then the other part wouldn't yeah, work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> and um, otherwise, uh, I guess of this, yeah. So for uh, I will be doing the piece again, um, I believe it's March 3rd. Amazing. Uh, so it's the first Friday of the month and uh yeah and i think the theme will be isolation so each one will be themed i made this decision yesterday awesome um so but i think yeah that one will be isolation and then um i'm pretty sure brad and i from sciences will be putting up uh another show and uh we're also part of this other group the short show and if you want to watch a lot of really funny vids um vids what the what the <laughs> fuck am you I? Check out my vids. god i i feel jesus christ i feel stop, like i've been stop, such a stop downer it. no oh jet fuel god. can't melt steel vids don't you fucking tell me that you fucking piece of shit now it comes out now it go. comes out there's the joy um, good God. Well, I know. Uh, I, yeah. well, I'm, I'm glad Just, that I got I got you to talk, like, have a serious conversation yeah. for more than five minutes. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. It's great. Well, no, thank you. Thank you for doing all this. And I loved your, I forgot the name, but the the one where you talked about Williamson technique. Oh, Rob Bell, the Robcast. Robcast. Yeah. yeah that was awesome. Well, was I, have, I actually got a lot of new listeners because of that, and they're going to hear this and be happy because I've had people reach out to me who are like, oh yeah. my gosh, I, I love the Williamson technique, and I did Meisner, and it did all this yeah, stuff to yeah. my brain. So... Thanks for talking about it. Totally. And yeah, um, thanks, yeah guys, uh, the, uh, the piece, check it out. I'm not going to say more about it except yes. for it's a commentary on performance, performance art. I would say. Uh, a very, and scientists untamed. also very, yeah, very untamed. Uh, if you're in New York. So good. Look for it. Look for scientists. Short show. Richard Hunter Cunningham Templeton. Yes. Thank you for doing the Thank big you. seat. Thank you, guys. And for those of you listening, uh, Treasure What Got You Here. That's right. Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie. and uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that, And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh, my God. Who's Hunt- hooking up with who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's, like, these, like, Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins, right? I triple kissed them. Okay, oh, a little triple kiss. Triple that way you didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was, was that offset or on camera, or, and they got cut out maybe? or? Oh, uh, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never, because, you know what I mean, That's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. They, I, don't, I don't know how old they are. I could never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah, I chalked, I, I chalked her. You chalked her? What, <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey.